Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN, and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Just in time for summer, the SGPN Store has a new line of mesh shorts. Use the promo code SHORTS at store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com for 10% off. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer with my man Ryan Gilbert, and we are back on a Friday. It feels so good. How's a, how are you doing out there in uh, Philly, right? Doing fantastic. I got an intro to this show. I feel like I'm feel like I'm fully back here. Uh, yeah, doing a good. Beautiful day in Philadelphia. Almost almost too hot. I think it was like a high of 85. I think I saw maybe 87 earlier. So it's a warm one out there. Good time to uh, crack open a cold one here on a Friday evening. Good weekend here and talk some baseball. I think this is the first time since we've been recording that we have the same weather. On my way home today, 85 degrees. There sunny. We, we only get about like I think it's like 53 of these a year in Washington. We get sunny <laughs> days, so we cherish these when we get them. And I cherish me some good baseball when we get it as well. Not to jump right into the Mariners, but I am going to jump right into the Mariners. Julio moved up to the third spot in the lineup today. It's like my okay. dream lineup. Take JP Crawford away from hitting leadoff. That's not part of my dream lineup. But we got Ty France hitting two. Julio hitting three, Kelnick hitting four, Suarez hitting five. I am so happy. We're going to absolutely destroy the Tigers, although the Tigers have been playing much better as of late. So I can't say that they suck. Javi Baez can actually hit the ball now. But I think this is a get-right series for the Mariners. I think this is a lineup that is going to turn a lot of heads because I think this is right where Julio should be batting. He shouldn't be hitting leadoff. And I think this is going to be a big, big series for Julio and Kelnick. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kelnick, I mean, try to get this fantasy baseball relevant. He's uh, he's struggled since his three straight home run games. Um, he's been hitting the ball. I mean, he's called one for three, one for five. Like he had a good hit streak in there. But over his past 14 games, he is 12 for 53 with no home runs, one triple, four doubles. That's a 226 average and 620 OPS. On the year, still hitting 294 and a 9.11 OPS, thanks to the uh, good first few weeks he had, especially those good two weeks there. Uh, what are you seeing from him? Are you expecting him to, you know, not not necessarily hit home runs back to back games, but like get back, get some of his power back? Uh, yeah, I can see the power coming back. Uh, outside of Eduardo Rodriguez, the pitching for the Tigers isn't the greatest, and so I think he's going to get a chance to get the bat on some balls that he hasn't been able to lately. And I think there's going to be some power there. And the one thing that Kelnick seems to do is he goes through these droughts where he doesn't hit home runs, but then when he hits one, it's going to be three or four games in a row where he just rattles them off. It's going to be one of those weird, weird kind of players that does that. Like I'm also a chiefs fan. I know it's not a football podcast, but we had Frank Clark as our D end. And he was notorious for doing that. He'd get like, 10 sacks in a year, but he'd have three sacks one game and then no sacks for three You're games. Chiefs and then fan? Two sacks. I am a Chiefs fan, baby. Super Bowl champions. No, but we'll keep it baseball. Uh, uh, <laughs> we've just faced off all the time now. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I still have high hopes for Kellen. Like, he's still having a good year overall. Like it, He's had a little bit of a down stretch. That was expected. He wasn't going to stay hot the entire season. And the crazy thing is he's still killing lefties, which I think there's a lot of excitement there because that was always his kind of his Achilles heel was lefties. That's why they brought in AJ Pollock. He's still hitting 333 against lefties. Yeah, against his, his, yeah. Ex- his expected Woba is still 92nd percentile. That's been, been the thing I'm looking at. Expected batting average, 95th percentile, expected slugging 95th. So he's still putting the ball in play, still hitting the ball hard. But yeah, it's probably running into some bad luck. Maybe uh, would you buy him low right now? I would. Maybe Absolutely. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't have to give up uh, Kyle Schwarber and wait, Alec Manoa. I think you gave up. Volpe yeah, I, good. I still Volpe's feel good about that trade. Good, no, it's it's a. I think it's a good trade for for both sides. You got more future. I got I got more uh, win now. More now. Yeah, I was hoping to. I know Malcolm's not watching this, but I offered him Dansby Swanson for Estier Ruiz. 
in our SUP and dynasty league. I really thought that was going to go through. Cause in my head, that just feels like a good trade. Like he gets a solid shortstop overall gets run scored. He gets a little pop, not much speed, but I, my thought process was I already have Acuna and I already have Volpe. So I've got two good steals guys. I wanted just a third, like just, just round out three top 10 guys for steals. And roll I, I would that. take that. If I, was him. I would, I would take Swanson over Ruiz, even in a dynasty. I was very surprised that he uh, declined that, actually. But, yeah, so if you're in the SGP and Dynasty League, I'm looking for some steals, baby. Yeah, and I don't need any steals after I uh, stole Kyle Schwarber and Hockmanella from Blake, but I, I'm also looking looking to trade trade in that league as well. <laughs> I, I think I – do I need a shortstop? I have Wander Franco, so may, maybe I will hit you up for uh, – for because I, I, my, my bench right now – and just go completely off topic. No one cares. Is all all, all guys in minors? Jordan Walker, Ellie De La Cruz, and and Von Grissom. So like, I'm willing to part with at least one of them to get a uh, an actual bat that's playing every day in the majors. Uh, one that I do have, and I was going to bring up before I even saw him was Jaron Duran uh, for the Red Sox. We've been kind of up and down on him. He's been up and down. Uh, still rostered in 55 percent of Yahoo leagues. But he he has become available in my 12-team um, redraft league. I'm looking to pick him up, possibly two for three mm-hmm. on Wednesday in Atlanta, one for four before that. He's hitting fifth, sixth in the Red Sox order. What what do you think about Duran? Is he someone, I mean, similar to Kalanick in that he's kind of sleeper or prospect post-type a little bit. But what do you think about uh, Jaron Duran? Uh, I think he needs to be picked up. He's done the thing that we've like really been hammering home this season. Kind of the big uh, change that a lot of hitters have made that's been beneficial is becoming more of a pole hitting fly ball hitter. He's always had some power. Last year he had uh, an 89 mile an hour average actual velocity. Not crazy, but it was up there with a 7.7% barrel rate, which is good to see. Uh, This year he's leaned more into pulling the ball more and he's making way better contact. 10% barrel rate. 90 mile per hour average exit velocity, 48% hard hit rate, which is almost 10% higher than last year. And he's hitting a lot of line drives too. He's raised his launch angle from seven degrees up to just shy of 14. So he's almost doubled it. And guys that can do that, 13 degrees is like the perfect, perfect, perfect spot for line drives. So if you can make quality contact and hit a lot of line drives, you're going to put up good numbers. You're going to get on base a good amount. You're going to score a decent amount of runs. The Red Sox have an okay lineup for scoring runs. And he's kind of built to hit in Fenway Park. So I think he should be it's rostered. About everybody. No, I think Xander, Xander Bogarts, Bogarts, Yoshida, Jaron Duran. Um, where was I wrong? Where have Adam, I been wrong? Adam Duvall. Where have I been wrong? Everybody's built to Bogarts, hit in Fenway. Bogarts in the right field. in San Diego. But, um, yeah, I got to eat that one eventually. Yeah, uh, yeah. What about the uh, other Duran Duran here? Hungry like a wolf, uh, Ezekiel Duran. Uh, I think he's <laughs> going to be. I saw he's going to be getting some time in the outfield when Seager comes back. Seager had a double in his rehab start. Um, also, speaking of middle infielders from Texas, uh, Jose Altuve is going on a rehab start, rehab assignment soon. So he'll be back soon for anyone that's holding on to him in their league. Uh, but yeah, Ezekiel Duran is someone else. I think you brought up on their last show or two shows ago. Second base, third base, shortstop eligibility. Might get outfield based off what Texas is saying. He's hitting well. He's rostered in 56% of Yahoo League. So, you know, available in some leagues out there. Uh, are you still riding the uh, Ezekiel Duran train? Um, I am, depending on league. It's got to be 12-team or deeper league. Hmm. Because I know they're saying they're going to try and move him around because they want to keep him in the lineup. But when that happens with guys, they still do have a decline in plate appearances. So, his playing time is still going to hit, take somewhat of a hit. He doesn't have crazy power, but he's got enough power. He's got a pretty baseball savant page. Good amount of red on there, but he whiffs quite a bit, chases a ton of pitches, and does not walk. So uh, the thing that helps a lot of guys that uh, whiff a lot of pitches and chase a lot of pitches to stay fantasy relevant is a higher walk rate because then they're still getting on base more, even though they're striking out. So if you do all that and you walk, it can be a bit of a struggle. I like him in the deeper leagues because I think there is 12 home run, 15 stolen base potential there. If he can get consistent at bats, he already has like three position eligibility. So outfield would just add another one on there, which I also like good super utility guy for fantasy, but 
it's got to be like a real deep 12 team mm-hmm. league at this point. He he makes good trade bait or like like we talk about. Uh, he's a good uh, extra guy to add on to a trade to make it look more enticing for somebody else. And then you can move him on and get like a better asset for him in return instead of just dropping him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good call there. And also a good call is getting in our Shady Rays Shady May contest. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, we also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. They offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. So go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportsgovernpodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. And you already got your shades. Now it's time to get a great pair of mesh shorts for summer. SGPN has just dropped a new line of mesh shorts. Perfect for any summer activity. Felt like a good summer day out there in uh, Philadelphia today. Apparently also in in uh, Seattle over there by Blake. So make sure you get in those mesh shorts. Head to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use code SHORTS for 10% off. All right. I wanted to uh, address two questions we got via Instagram. Uh, I believe his name is Jim Coleman on Instagram. Uh, sent us two questions. What asked us to um, talk about what the hell is wrong with Teoscar Hernandez, specifically for Blake as, as a Mariners fan there. Oh, he said, I don't know if he always starts slow or if I should just keep bet, keep bait on him. I can't watch him go 0 for 4 with 4Ks every game anymore. He's on pace for like 230Ks and 30 walks. I don't know if that's true. If that's true, that's that's absolutely horrific. But it's true. Uh, yeah, let's let's start with uh, Teoscar Hernandez before I move on to his second question. <laughs> um. There is reason to be worried. I don't think he's droppable yet. Maybe if you're in like a 10-team league, 8 or 10-team, he's probably droppable at this point until he shows some sign of life. But, I mean, he's got the seven home runs. He has but seven two home of them runs. Came, two of them came in one game. I think he hit two home runs twice this year. Maybe it was just once. It was that, at least that, once. That sounds familiar. I, I, I know he at least did it once. But he's got a 35% K rate and a 3% walk rate. And the worst part is he he looks like, you know, like prime bad Javi Baez that's swinging the oh. sliders four feet out of the zone. Yeah, that's Teoscar Hernandez now. Yeah, but He's not even attempting when he's at the plate anymore. Yeah, looking at his baseball savant page, his, his whiff rate is bad. His strikeout rate is bad. His walk rate is bad. But Matt, uh, Exavilo, 68th percentile. That, that's fine. Barrel rate, yeah. 80, 86th percentile. So when he is making contact, he's making good contact. Expecting batting average below league average at 48th percentile, but expected slugging 78th percentile. So it looks like he's from an outsider's perspective, just looking at the numbers. He's getting extra base hits. He's getting those. I think his OPS is 656. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's droppable yet. I also wouldn't sell him low. If anything, I would try to buy him low right now. Jasper Hernandez, maybe there's some personal bias in there. I've always been a pretty big fan of him as a reliable, you know, 20 I to love 30. Him. 30 home run home run bat and he had that great year in toronto 2021 with 116 rbis but yeah career 260 hitter averages uh 33 home runs per 162 games so he'll get there i mean he's got what multiply seven by by four four and a half you know he'll get 28 30 home runs for you so mm-hmm. he's one of these guys you kind of just gotta ride out ride the cold streak bench him bench him against good pitchers but also at the same time he can hit home runs in bunches. So, like you said, if you bench him, he might just end up hit going off for two home runs. So, yeah, he had two home runs on April 4th, and then he had home runs in back-to-back games on the 21st oh, and 22nd. There we go. There so we go. Maybe, maybe that's what you're thinking about there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's been hitting hit uh, hitting in bunches there, and and that's that, that could be good and it could be bad. And unfortunately, right now, it, it's bad for him. Did have a good stretch from May 3rd to May 8th there with a um, six-game hit streak hitting 348, but 0 for 7 since then. So up and down. I like Teoscar Hernandez. Personal bias, possibly, but I think he's <laughs> better than what he's showing. I do like him as well. It, I, there is hope there. I I mean, I have to have hope just because I'm a Mariners fan, but I think there is. He is, like, overall a pretty slow starter, though. Like, I know he started still last year. Uh, first career in March and April, he's hitting 240. 
May he's hitting 232 uh, with very minimal power. 16 home runs in March, April, 12 in May for his career. Those are like all of those are the lowest months and lowest numbers per month of his career. Uh, in the second half, he's a 262 hitter with 67 doubles and 77 home runs in 340 games. That's pretty fucking good uh, over the course of his career. So, like, when the the thing is that I don't think a lot of people take into account. I mean, if you, like, check ballpark data and stuff, maybe you, like, the ballpark factors, you might realize that Seattle is a horrendously bad hitters park. I cannot express to everybody enough how difficult it is to hit. I mean, not that I play baseball for the Mariners, but so in left field, it's kind of just open behind the bleachers. If you like look at T-Mobile Park on the other side of that is essentially the ocean. Like there's there's like some like train tracks and things like that. But then it's the ocean out there and the wind whips in from Puget Sound. And it essentially just kills all the fly balls that go out that direction. That's why nobody's ever hit the ball out of T-Mobile mm. Park or Safeco Field because you can't hit it hard enough to cut through all of that wind to get out there. So these earlier months of the season out here especially are difficult because the wind is really picking up. It is warming up out here, though, so the ball might fly a little better. I feel like that's not talked about enough because, like, mm -hmm. It is in San Fran. San Francisco's on the bay. You can't hit home runs there. But apparently Seattle's T-Mobile Park is, is also right on the water and like having a big impact. But that's completely not, not something I had heard much of before. So that's good insight there. Um I mentioned how T.S. Hernandez might be just a guy you have to put in your lineup, take the bad, take the bad days and take the good days. Similar to that is uh Christian Walker. Uh Jim also asked about him. Guys like Christian Walker says if he should look to uh trade for him. Because buddy of him has been looking to trade him, but he has Rowdy and Ty France at first base, who are very streaky but good recently. Uh, Christian Walker is someone that had a, a pretty bad start to the year. His mm -hmm. uh, first 19 games up and through March, March 20th, two home runs in 19 games, OPS of 614, only hit 222. Um, that coincides with when I – well, I picked him up in my keeper league on the 12th, then I dropped him on the 21st. And from the 20, uh, 22nd on, he, he hit a home run on the 22nd. Um, he is hitting 339 with a 726 OPS and seven home runs in 16 games played. So Walker's, yeah, he's at nine home runs on the year. He's going to get 30 again if he stays healthy. Um, like him, Telez. I mean, I think there's probably some personal preference in there with what your risk tolerance is, what you're looking for. But mm -hmm. yeah, these type these type of players that are streaky, they're frustrating. But just put them in your lineup, and and you'll get rewarded over the course of the season. Yeah, you're going to be happier more often than you're going to be frustrated. One of the crazy things with Christian Walker is his whiff rate is in the 32nd percentile. He whiffs like 28 percent of the time. And he only has a 17% or 18% strikeout rate. His average, exit below, his average exit below is 35th percentile. He's not hitting yeah. the ball hard. But his Which max exit below is 95th percentile. So when he hits it hard, it's extremely hard. But, like, he's – yeah, he's got a good expected slugging, good expected Woba. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a tough one to try, like – if you're just looking at baseball savant data to try and kind of see how they're baseball savant data do. sometimes, like, yeah, like the 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 key stat I've been focusing on recently is expected woba because that that takes everything into account and puts it in one number. There's not like all these numbers around you got to focus on like what's good, <laughs> what's bad. Percentiles are my go-to, and expected woba, and then expected batting average, expected slugging. I do like an average exit below to see how hard they're hitting the ball, but I yeah. think that's the most uh, simplified way to look at it. Yeah, and he's still the uh, barrel rate is still, is, I mean, it's above 10%. I love it above 10% barrel rate. Anything over league average, I'm pretty happy with, but above 10%, I'm very happy with. I like Christian Walker going forward, especially the more it warms up out there in Arizona. He's going to hit the ball harder. It's going to go farther. He did have that slow start, and I was kind of iffy on him. We were on him before the season, and then we were yeah. iffy with that real slow start. But I mean, Christian he, he, Walker he, is somebody. Yeah, I he would came around him. just like just like these. Yeah, 
just like these home run hitters do. They eventually, most of them eventually come around. Yeah, yes, they do, especially like later in the season. My bad, I was reading a comment. Uh, yes, they do. Uh, and he's one that is going to come around, but one thing that is not going to come around is the Tampa Bay Rays pitching so many injuries. Another one happened, Drew Rasmussen. He went just straight to the 60-day 60 60-day 60 IL. I think it was a flexor strain. He's going to be out for a considerable amount of time. And just Glass now got hurt during a rehab start, right? So he's probably mm-hmm. not coming back anytime soon. Springs. Springs is done. I, I, guess, I mean, I guess all that leaves is like Taj Bradley's got to come up. But he's yeah. been struggling in the minors like since he got sent down. But that could be the mentals, though. That could be frustration about getting sent back down again. Uh, he, I mean, he looked good at the major league level. So there is some excitement there. And I think he is worth a pickup now because he was essentially guaranteed a spot for quite a while. But yeah, it looks like the Rays, the Rays got very good news, it says on Tyler Glass now. So he, he should be good. fine, hopefully. But yeah, it's, it's McClanahan. Right now on Fangraphs, it has McClanahan, Eflin, and Fleming as their three starting pitchers. And that's it. They don't have a full, they don't have, they don't have a four-man <laughs> rotation. So maybe we'll see the Rays bring back the uh, the opener if they have to. They probably and, and, will. And Pete Fairbanks is hurt. Like their closers hurt too. So oh, that's right. What are they what are they doing out there? That's tearing up all these pitchers. Like that, 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 that's how they get them so good. They they just they they get them ready to go and they they tear them down, overwork them. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if they actually overwork them or not. But yeah, keep an eye on Taj Bradley. Uh, he's definitely making a making an appearance at the major league level once again. But that is tough because you can only send somebody down to the minor league so many times before mm-hmm. they yeah. have to start getting like clearing waivers and stuff. So if they call him up again. I think that's twice that they've called him up. Well, that'd be the third time because I think you can only send somebody down three times, right? Who, Taz, Taz Bradley? Yeah, because he got called I, up. I think start it, depends, back down. it depends on your contract and like where you are in your career. I'm pretty sure like how many options you have. But yeah, the uh, important thing for Taz Taz Bradley might be uh, some confidence, and confidence is key when it comes to dating as well. But if you struggle to find worthwhile connections, it can be difficult to feel your best when meeting new people. With Talkify, you feel confident you're meeting someone special who was picked just for you. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialist hand selects successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. They meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner in their matchmakers. They select and screen potential candidates for you doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions. From there, they plan your date with introductions and handles all communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at talkify.com SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash S-G-P-N for 20% off when you become a client. Okay. So uh, I want I do want to talk uh, weekend streaming matchups yes. and my favorite week seven matchups for next week to kind of get you ahead of the curve. But one thing I want to point out, because it's been bugging me. So we were out on Harrison Bader, like just out. Don't like him. Not good. I would like to point out to everybody. I'm still out on Harrison Bader. I don't care how many home runs he's hit or how many extra base hits he has or any of that. He has an 84.9 mile an hour average exit velocity, a 28.6% hard hit rate. He, this, this is like the most Yankee stadium stat line ever. Like that home run that he hit the other day, would have been a home run only in Yankee Stadium. That's it. Only in Yankee Stadium. I he's not he's not a top tier fantasy asset like a lot of people were trying to hype him up to be before he got called up. And I don't care what stats he has up right now. Don't be fooled by this. He doesn't have power like that. Absolutely not. He doesn't have power like that. He doesn't have the crazy speed to also make him fantasy relevant. He's good in a deep league. Cool. Great in a deep league. Like, if you're in a three outfielder league, if you're in a 10-team league, if you're in a shallow 12-team league, 
if you have him, trade him. If you don't have him, don't even look his way. It's not worth it. You're going to be disappointed by the end of the year. It's all a facade. These numbers if he's available, you can try to ride the hot streak. Yeah, I don't believe in Harrison Bader long term whatsoever. Yeah, especially like he's he's the most Yankees <laughs> Yankee Stadium hitter with their what are they, what they get called last year a little league ballpark. Yeah, he plays I mean, well in a little league two, ballpark. Two of his home runs came in Tampa Bay. They have a good pitching staff, but, but yeah, their most his most recent one came uh, at home against Oakland. I think he hit it 360 feet. Uh, I believe so I just had it up yet. 362 um, feet, yeah, for his home run. Right, there we go. And his I, ones I, before I, that were 373 and 436 against a uh, 436 is pretty good. Eric Clevenger against the lefty. That, that that that's a bomb there. You can't can't shit on that one. I'll give him that one, but I can't shit on that average exit velocity. That is atrocious. <laughs> it's almost four miles an hour below league average. League average is 88 and a half or something like that. So he's at 84.9. Horrible. But anyways, uh, what should we do first? Should we do the weekend streaming or week yeah, let's, let's look at weekend streaming. That's that's more more time sensitive for, for listeners. That's true. That's true. Because uh, we do these usually on our last show of the week. Sometimes we'll do it on like a Thursday show. We'll discuss like our Friday, Saturday guys we like. And then uh, the Friday show, we'll talk guys like Sunday, early Monday that we like. But for Saturday, I mean, Hayden Wisniewski. I, I love that's Hayden the Wisniewski. one I'm looking at, and I was we, we talked about it yesterday. It? We talked about it yesterday. And you, you said you're not in on him, but back to back quality starts: six innings, two strikeouts against the Nats, who are the lowest strikeout team in the league. Six innings, six strikeouts against the Marlins. Before that, five innings, three strikeouts against the Padres, who are good. So he's had three straight good starts, good starts in four of his past five. I don't think Minnesota is that good. I know Carlos Correa was getting booed at home. I think he hit a home run since then, but I don't, I, I don't like the the Minnesota Twins lineup at all. Joey Gallo is breaking out of a slump, but yeah, I, I like Wisniewski here. I think he's a good pickup if he's available. He was someone that was drafted earlier in my league. I think he was drafted like 15th round that I ended up being able to, to pick him up. So Wisniewski would be, would be my guy to look at for one of my guys to look at for Saturday. Uh, another one for Saturday that I think is probably something you're looking at. Ranger Suarez, baby. Mm-hmm. He's back. What do you think about starting Ranger Suarez and Coors? It's tough. Uh, I haven't looked deeply into how his rehab outing went or how many um, pitches he threw. Um, past Sunday, he ele- he struck out three while on one run for five innings for AAA. So, yeah, I like, I like Suarez as more of a, a stream and hold option. If you're in a deeper league, pick him up while he's still kind of under the radar has that IL thing on Yahoo, especially 19% rostered Coors Field is a tough, tough uh, place to come back and make your first start. But if anyone's built for it, it's Ranger. He, he, the heartbeat is slow, no matter, no matter if it's world series or spring training. So, but the uh, altitude is very high there. You, you cannot change that. Ranger can't change that. So I, I had him on my short list. I, I don't mind that. I'm trying to decide if I want to pull the trigger on saying Reed Detmers because I still do believe in oh. Reed Detmers. He's getting hit quite a bit, but he goes against Cleveland, who, I mean, Cleveland's been struggling. They're only 17 and 20 this year, and they got Cal Quantrill on the mound. That's hard to say when I'm all fucking stuffed up. But they got Cal Quantrill on the mound, who's also not an elite pitcher. Uh, I, I don't hate Reed Detmers. He has good stuff this year. Uh, his fastball. Sitting up there at 95, it's like a two-mile-an-hour jump in velocity this year. But it's getting hit pretty hard. 308 batting average with the 330 expected at batting average. Like, he has a nasty slider. It's got a 37% whiff rate and a 230 expected batting average. His curveball's gross, too. 176 batting average against and a 41% whiff rate. So he has good secondary stuff. And if he can get that going early, Cleveland doesn't strike out the most. But this is one where I think he could actually be in line for a win, which chasing wins in fantasy will be the death of you. But he does have a decent shot at getting a win because I think the Angels, although they can't beat a ton of teams, I think they can beat the Cleveland Guardians with Quantrill on the mound on Saturday. Yeah, another another person that could definitely pick up a win, I might even say to bet him right now, is a Texas Rangers starting pitcher on Saturday, John Gray. Mm-hmm. He is rostered in 58% of Yahoo League, so not widely available, but he's minus 150 to open against the Athletics tomorrow. Athletics are starting J.P. Sears, who is 0-3. The A's are 
eight and thirty-one on the season. Um, Texas is good against lefties, uh, six and four. So yeah, I think Texas is going to get get the win. John Gray coming off a good start against Seattle, seven innings, eight strikeouts. So hopefully he can build on that. I'll probably pick him up in my uh, ten-team league. Yeah, I actually think I might pick him up for this weekend too in my uh, daily points league. Just because I'm, I love any time you can stream a pitcher against the Oakland Athletics because they just don't. I mean, they're okay. Like offensively, they have like good bats, but like their pitching is so bad. So there's always the chance that Gray can get the win, especially since, I mean, he just went against Logan Gilbert the other day where Gilbert was dealing a, a fucking perfect game into the seventh, and John Gray still got the win. So. Uh, it keeps sounding like we're setting up a, a win bet promo, but uh, oh, never, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I do, I do like the John Gray play for this. Um, another one for starting Saturday that I already have in my roster, so, so I didn't see him when I looked for probables tomorrow is uh, Tyler Wells of the Baltimore Orioles pitching mm-hmm. at home against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's been up and down this season, but when he's when he's been good, he's been good. Seven innings, shutout ball, five strikeouts a few starts ago. Last start in Atlanta, five innings, one earned, four strikeouts. So the Pirates are still, you know, the Pirates are surprising people, but I'm, I'm not a big believer in their lineup. I think Wells could be a good option for, you know, maybe a win, maybe just some strikeouts and ratios. Yeah, it, that's what you want to do sometimes with streamers. It's just try and key in on guys that can hit certain spots for you and certain statistics mm-hmm. to help you out. Uh, switching over to Sunday, somebody that I like. I'm not completely sold on, but Braxton Garrett has good strikeout stuff, and they're going against uh, Cincinnati, and it's at home in Miami. Okay. Uh, he's got good strikeout stuff, so he might get hit around a little bit by that terrifying Cincinnati Reds lineup. But, yeah, it, the Reds are, like, in the bottom half of the league in strikeouts. Six innings, six Ks. Could sneak a, a low scoring win. Yeah, maybe six runs, maybe no runs. That that's the chance you take. But the, the strikeout ability is there. So if you're chasing strikeouts, I mean steer clear of the whip. Like if you, that's gonna be pretty high, but there's some upside there. Oh uh, yeah. For Sunday, I'm potentially looking at uh Michael Waka, but he's starting against the Dodgers on the road. He's been good last two starts, uh combined twelve innings, one earned one earned run, seven strikeouts. The Twins and the Reds. Um, he's probably not top of my list. Uh, Kyle Gibson for the Orioles. He was, had a terrific start to the year. A few good starts there. Started at home Sunday against the Pirates. So, you know, maybe see what Wells does Saturday and shoot and get Gibson for Sunday. But and then the the last guy, uh, Brandon Fott. Are we just completely out on him? Are we waiting to see <sighs> something before we pick him back up? Man, I. I might be out on him in a redraft, like in a dynasty league. I'm still in, but in a redraft, just because his his good pitchers are getting annihilated, which scares me. Like it's not even he's it's not even like he's getting unlucky and the numbers are bad. He's just doing bad, and so the numbers are bad. And so yeah, I'm I'm out on Fott right now in anything except a dynasty. And even then, I don't think I would start him this weekend. He'd probably ride the bench for me unless i was desperate mm-hmm. uh, that's, my all, last, that's all i got for sunday oh my Here last guy for sunday would be louis varland at home against the mm, chicago yes. cubs i love me some louis varland i think he should be picked up in a lot of leagues especially now that tyler molly is out for the year i think him and ober are gonna fight for that spot but kenta, kenta maeda is also out for a good chunk of time so there is roster space for Louis Varlin, and he's got good stuff. Four-pitch guy. Leans on the fastball, but not super heavily at 36%. He's got good velo. His velo at 95 miles an hour on the fastball is almost two miles an hour above what it was at last year. And he gets good swing and miss stuff. Uh, His whiff rate on his four-seam, 26%. That's pretty solid for a four-seam. Cutter's 29%. His changeup, 43%. And he uses it 16% of the time. Slider's a 16% pitch with also a 30% whiff rate. So he has good out stuff. Uh, and you can sneak up on the Cubs with some strikeouts and things. They play good defense. They have good hitters, but they do have some guys that like to swing and miss. So uh, I think that could be a pretty solid. He should have some pretty solid ratios 
going into this next game. I think his last start was pretty good, too, if I remember correctly. Uh, I guess the Padres, six innings, five hits, mm-hmm. uh, one to run, two walks, six Ks. So far, he's had eight strikeouts, six strikeouts, six strikeouts against some pretty decent teams. So there's a lot to like there. And he's very he's got a very low roster rate. Yeah, uh, that's a good one there. Before we move on to next week's matchups, I want to just shout out my boy Casey Schmidt here. Uh, talked about him <laughs> last show, and then last night goes out four for four, uh, RBI double, home run, three RBIs. So he's off to a, to a great start. So uh, I would still pick him up if, if he's out there. I mean, he may not keep this up, but uh, yeah, ride the hot streak while you can. And also, what up, everybody in the chat? We can see you guys. We're just trying to get through the episode yeah. catfish uh patrick wisdom should absolutely not be available so that was that was a good call picking up catfish one of a third baseman between um wisdom turner or cabrian hayes because he had jordan walker so yeah, i think I love, wisdom, I love wisdom, wisdom too. i'm shocked wisdom was available in any leagues i know i know he slowed down a bit but i think he's a good good option especially given his uh positional versatility yeah, and he's a 25 to 30 home run hitter, too, which is i mean pretty hard to come by so finding somebody like that still available on waivers is Pretty nice. Uh, but the last thing we want to do for this episode is we do want to help you guys get a step up on the competition for next week. Uh, one thing I do outside of the podcast is I write a weekly column for Fantasy Pros, the weekly planner for the upcoming week. Uh, I break down some of my favorite matchups and guys I like from those matchups. And then I also break down some of the matchups that I'm not keen on for next week and guys from those lineups that I am not a fan of. I want to do favorable matchups first because there there is a team near and dear to my heart in the unfavorable matchups for me for next week. Uh, but my first favorable matchup would be the Rockies. Love them next week. They start out with three games at home against Cincinnati. And then they got three games on the road against Texas. Um, Texas has been good this year. They have a good team ERA. Uh, but since April 30th, so pretty much in the month of May, their team ERA has jumped up to 4.37, which is almost a run higher than it was previous to that. So they're giving up a little bit of runs. And we've talked about him a few times now. One of my favorite kind of under-the-radar catchers, Elias Diaz, gets those three home starts to start the week. He's a monster at home, hitting almost 400. He's hitting like 4.30 with men in scoring position this year. So there is some upside in there. I love streaming. (laughs) We joked about streaming catchers last episode. Now it's in my head. I love starting him at home. So at least for the first half of the week, I love starting uh, Diaz against Cincinnati at home because I think he's going to put up some pretty big numbers. And I also like Ezekiel Tovar. He's heating up a little bit and not crazy, but uh, in his last 16 games, he's hitting 276. Five doubles, a triple, and a home run, and he's he's was he scored twelve runs, which is, I mean, so he's putting up numbers that you like to see, and he just like everybody else hits better at home than on the road, so he does get that bump against a weak Cincinnati team at home. Uh, there's some kind of less rostered guys that you can key in on for for next week that I enjoy. Yeah, I mean, the team I was lining up for next week is the uh, San Diego Padres. They play the the Royals first and then Boston both at home. But, like, they're a very top-heavy team. They have Tatis, Machado, Soto, Bogarts, Cronenworth pretty much rostered everywhere. And then after that, it's Hung Sum Kim. If you if you want to get him, maybe see, see if he gets hot in, in a deeper league. But I'm surprised Nelson Cruz and, and Trent Grissom really haven't done much so far this season. I guess I expected a lot more. A playing time from Cruz. He hasn't been playing a lot. He's been more of a pinch hitter than a designated hitter, which has been disappointing. But yeah, if, if you're in a weekly league and on the fence about any of those big Padres bats, I would definitely put them in for, for next week. Yeah, that's my second favorite team for next week, too. Uh, Hassan Kim was the guy that I'm targeting in his last 10 games. He's hitting over 300 and he's got five stolen bases. So there is some upside there. He doesn't have like the best overall batting average for the year. So he does strike out a decent amount, but he's shown so far that he has an okay like power speed combo. He really flies under the radar. So uh, next or was the next week they've got uh, three games at home against Kansas City, who sucks, and then three games at home versus Boston, who Boston's okay, but they they run out like James Paxton. Yeah, it's Paxton Corey Sale and Cooper is, is yeah. going to start next week. So I mean. It's, Freaking old timers are coming out to yeah. to pitch against the Padres. 
Uh, and somebody else I liked, not necessarily as a pickup, but maybe if you want to, if you want to try and make a trade, we love a good trade around here. Manny Machado has been heating up, and I think this is the week where he goes absolutely ballistic in these two matchups. And so I think this might be the last time. If you want any any semblance of buying low on Manny Machado, it's going to have to be in like the next three days because after that, I think you're going to have to start paying the uh, like preseason price or maybe above that because he's already on an upward trajectory. He is Manny Machado and he's going to put up big monster numbers this coming week. Yeah. I think the same thing for probably all those big bats. I know Soto homered, I think on Wednesday, Soto's been killing Tat- it. Tatis homered last night. So yeah, you may have already missed the boat on buying those guys low, but if you're able to do it this week before they have those good matchups next week, Speaking of matchups, though, you brought up the Rockies playing against them, but uh, Cincinnati Reds are at Coors Field for their first three games of the week against uh, Seabold, Santella, and Gomber. Not not two good starters there. And then uh, they go to Yan- are at home against the Yankees with mm-hmm. uh, Clark Schmidt. Schedules to start one of those games, Clark Schmidt, Brito, and, and Herman. So I think the Reds, it's a good chance to get you know people like uh, – Maybe a Nick Senzel pick him up, try to ride that hot streak. I know we're, we're, we don't really buy him, but uh, TJ Friedel like has been good. India, maybe he's dated. In, in, yeah, India, you have to roster. He's one of the best yeah. second basemen in, in the league right now. But Will Myers, maybe go out and pick him up. He recently uh, was he injured and came back recently, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love I love a good yeah. Will Myers. We've been on Will Myers since like November. We've been on. You have been on Will Myers for, <laughs> for quite some time. I, I I don't know if I if I co-sign that. <laughs> but um yeah one lefty coming up gomber on wednesday so that would be good for will myers but yeah myers is another guy i think he had two home runs against the phillies in one game and had, has three home runs on the season so another one of those guys that's gonna be streaky gonna be um you know hitting more at home or at, at a place like course field spencer steer is also a guy who's just mm-hmm. come out of nowhere first base third base has three home runs in may so Reds, I think, are a good good team to target if you're looking for for some streaming bats. And then one, um, I don't want to say team necessarily because they're kind of a bad team, but they have some ideal matchups next week. The team would be the Washington Nationals. They play seven games. They play at home against the Mets, and then they go on a road series against Miami, and then they're home against Detroit. So it, it's a pretty beneficial matchup next week. Seven games, which not many teams are playing seven games next week. The only player I'm going to recommend to you from that team would be Joey Manessis. He has been hot lately. The power hasn't quite been there that we wanted to see, but I still I don't think Manessis was a 30 home run guy to begin with. I think he was more like a 22, 21 home run style guy with a good batting average, and he's heating back up. I haven't checked his batting average today, but last I checked, he was hitting 285, which is a major uptick from how he started the year pretty slow. So I think he could be in line for a pretty big week next week as well by fantasy standards uh, i like that yeah manessis is the only national bat rostered in my 12 team league that is joey manessis <laughs> rostered in 52 percent of yahoo leagues yeah he's heating up hitting 288 now i think he had a home run um last sunday so uh it has, is riding a, a six game hit streak too with multiple hits in three of those games so yeah he, he's playing well seven seven games next week is always good keep it ruiz if you're looking for a catcher could be a good mm-hmm. option he's also riding a four game hit streak hitting third in that lineup too so he, he's gonna have a chance to pick up those counting stats and deeper league cj abrams if you want to have a flyer at a, at a middle infielder yeah. lane thomas is just a similar three home runs in may he's hitting the ball hard so maybe maybe ride this hot streak while there's a, a full slate of games next week for the nats yeah because like i said only a handful of teams playing seven games next week, so that alone could give you uh, a leg up with some counting stats. Now, for teams that I don't like next week, number one on my list is the Seattle Mariners. I hate to say that, but <laughs> I can I I can be biased only so much. Sometimes I have to like let let the reality kick in a tiny bit. Uh, they got three games on the road at Boston and three games on the road at the Braves. Boston doesn't have the best ERA at home. It's almost five. I think it's four, eight, five at home. So there is some run scoring ability there for the Mariners. But that Mariners team is don't let their record fool you. 
They're one of the worst hitting teams in baseball. I think their team batting average is 221. Uh, I think they have the highest strikeout rate in baseball. And I mean, if there's one thing that the Red Sox pitching does pretty well, it's strike hitters out. So I think Mariners are going to be struggling there. And then the Braves are just the Braves. And they're unreal at home. So going against the Braves, even with the injuries to their pitching, going against them at home, like it's, that's not an ideal situation for the Mariners. Players I don't like. Somebody we talked about, Teoscar Hernandez. I like him overall. I don't like him this coming week. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Good Vibes himself, Eugenio Suarez. Man, I love Gino, but the lack of power is actually scaring me a little bit. Pretty concerning. He's only got three home runs this year. And the thing with Eugenio Suarez was the thing that kept him fantasy relevant was his 30 home run ability. And so when that 30 home run power goes away, all of a sudden he becomes a a guy that plays pretty good third base. that's hitting 210 and not doing a whole lot else because he doesn't get on base enough to score a lot of runs. I'm going to score a ton of runs anyways. He's not driving in a bunch of runs and he's hitting for no power. So I'm not the biggest fan of him this upcoming week either. Yeah, a team I'm looking looking ahead at their pitching matchups against uh, Cardinals. They play seven games, but they play Milwaukee at home for three. Line, line up to play face Corbin Burns, who I know hasn't been himself, but still great pitcher. And lined up to pitch against uh, have Urias, Julio Urias and Gonsolin for the Dodgers. So could be a, could be a tough go for the Cardinals, who are not off to a, a great start. I, I think I. Aaron, did Goldschmidt have like a three home run game last mm-hmm. week or earlier this week? Yeah, but besides that, seven RBIs. Besides that, they're off to a pretty bad start. <laughs> yeah, they they are a rough team. It's and they're so it's so weird because they have such good players, but they're struggling. It's gonna it's gonna kick in. Arenado is gonna be rosterable. Chad, he's not droppable, no matter what you say. Uh, but the one matchup that I think everybody needs to be avoiding for next week. Don't start Minnesota Twins players next week, please. They are the worst hitting team on the road in baseball, and it's not even close. They have a team batting average of 198 on the road this year, and they scored just 77 runs, and their team WRC plus on the road is 76. They're not good, and they play three games at the Dodgers and three games at the Angels. So... There's not a lot for me to like there next week. I'm trying to start guys that play for the weakest hitting team in baseball against teams that have above average pitching. It's not going to go well for those guys. So like Byron Buxton, I love Buxton and I love the home run power, but I'm pretty out on him this coming week. And same with Joey Gallo. Everybody keeps saying Joey Gallo's turning around, but I'm out on Joey Gallo. Uh, Cause I mean, well, let's see. Uh, he hit his last home run on April 26th, and Joey Gallo is a power guy. So if he's not hitting home runs, that's pretty rough. Uh, he's got three total total hits since that game as well. I said that rough. He has three total hits since he hit his last home run on April 26th. He's batting under a hundred. So yeah, trying to start like him on the road. three for twenty something, maybe thirty something. I don't under a hundred has to be thirty yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't like any Minnesota Twins hitters next week. Yeah, going back to Arenado, I completely agree that he's not droppable just because he's Nolan Arenado. Don't drop him in any league whatsoever. But his baseball savant page is just completely blue. Expected Woba, 10th percentile. Barrel rate, 17th percentile. Expected slugging, 15th percentile. Average exit below, 17th percentile. I wonder if there's some sort of injury or something going on with him where he's just not figuring it out. But looking back to last season, had a good April March, hit 375 with an OPS over one. But then in May, he did hit 196 with an OPS of 642. So I think there's a chance to buy Arenado low right now. Uh, I may do that myself in, in one of my other leagues. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think Arenado, we're, we're now basing it off just what he's done over the course of his career over his baseball, baseball savant page for a month at this point or a month and a half. Yeah, and I there's too much upside there still to try and uh... – drop him i still can't believe he was dropped i didn't i was not able to pick him up by the way i put in a waiver claim for him but i'm pretty sure every Good. other Good. single person in that league did i think higher of, of that league then so I'm yeah. happy. 
Oh, that same guy dropped Jazz Chisholm the week prior, which I know a lot of people are cool with dropping Jazz Chisholm, but he was also dropped a week prior, and I'm not cool with dropping Jazz Chisholm. I picked up Jazz Chisholm. I got that one. I had the top waiver waiver priority on that one, and I snagged that. But uh, is there any other lineups you're liking for next week? Um, no, that was pretty much what I got. I'm not sure if you have anything else or if we should close it out here. Yeah, I think that's what I've got. Make sure you guys go check us out on, I mean, check us out on the YouTubes at Fake Baseball Money. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Hit us with that follow, please. And thank you. It is at Fake Baseball, the coolest at on Twitter. Uh, you can find us there. You can find me there, but I'll get to mine in a minute. Uh, check us out on all of our podcast streaming sites or whatever you want to call them. We're on Apple, Spotify, uh, Overcast everything you can imagine. I've mentioned before, somebody listened to us on their uh, Amazon Alexa. All the Someone listened so to us from their fridge. I'm not yeah. sure if that's real, but did they? So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. We're on like 25 different podcast streaming sites, so you can find us everywhere. Uh, five-star rating and reviews go a long ways to uh, helping us out. If you want us, if you want us to burn, burn your CD of our episodes, just send us your, your address and we can, we can do that. <laughs> we can make that happen too. Uh, but I mean, there was something that I was gonna say. Oh yeah, uh, again, we see all you guys in the chat. We're just trying to mm-hmm. when we have like a bigger episode like this, where we have like stuff jam packed. We're trying to kind of fly through it and get less sidetracked because I, I, I yeah, sometimes we're, we're think gonna, I have ADD. So yeah, we're gonna try to just have more of a, a free flowing. Like if if it flows well, or just no, have, have certain episodes, maybe all episodes where we have like a chat Q and A towards the end for you guys if you have <laughs> questions. So to make to make it just flow better. Yeah, but uh, you guys can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert S-O-P. And we'll catch you guys next time. Go Leafs.